Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, Ellis, you had another bye week. I hope everyone uh, enjoyed their second bye week in a row, third of the season. Uh, I'm actually starting to like it. I mean, um, I, I have my Saturdays free, and LSU, you know, just doesn't lose. They're they're undefeated <laughs> on their bye weeks, so I, I say more of it moving forward. Um, but uh, you know, few few other things to get into because as of now, LSU is still playing Arkansas this Saturday, so uh, we, we're going to push forward with that on the schedule. A um, couple other things to get into: uh, some newsy notes from LSU mostly based on a story that came out of USA Today. Uh, doesn't look good for the Tigers, but we'll talk about that. Preview the Arkansas game and anything else that comes up. Uh, before we do, wanted to check in with you guys. <laughs> Since we had another bye week uh, that we weren't planning on, I don't know, I, I kind of got some more, some more yard work, some more personal stuff done. Uh, went out to eat with the family. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, made a nice relaxing weekend out of it. Um, Where'd you well, go? Uh, we just went to this this place that's near our house. It's um, it's really it's, it's mostly like a sports bar, but they have they have good food. It's uh, good. I mean, yeah, it's 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 mostly bar food, but it's it's on the I guess you could say the higher end. Mm-hmm. If they're like a top tier of bar food, uh, they are they are there. Um, so we went there and that, and that was good. Uh, it's like, um, like five minutes from our house. So that, that was great. And then you I, know, I got, you know, in Atlanta, some top tier bar food is, uh, J.R. Crickets. <laughs> what? <laughs> J.R. Crickets. Oh man. I, I went into one of those once, I think it's, it's definitely an Atlanta thing. Uh, there's a bunch of them. Uh, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're known for, you know, being a sports bar and, and wings and stuff. It's just, uh, it's just, it, I don't know. It's maybe not for everybody. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, it's, it's, I guess you could say the, the atmosphere is maybe not like a Buffalo wild wings, mm-hmm. but, you know, the foods, I think usually the food's good. I've only ever had it picked up. That's what I like my, my uncle's like, he likes the wings. So like we picked up right. wings at the time. The wings were really, really good. They are. They are. Uh, so, yeah, the wings are good. It's just, you know, um, it's, it's a different environment than, than what I'm used to. I'll just leave it at that. But uh, I was actually – I enjoyed the Saints too, man. It's, um, it's kind of displacing, you know, the lack of LSU U games. I, I'm putting my enthusiasm into the Saints, and they're, they're not disappointing. Yeah, they've been playing well. Yeah, yeah. They're on, like, what, a six-game streak right now. Although Drew Brees just – they just came out. He had like a bunch of cracked ribs or broken ribs in different places. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, they say he's out for at least two weeks, I guess. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot though. Cause yeah, I don't know if you guys watch the game, but it, uh, um, I don't know, maybe with J James and Taysom, they can, they can will their way to a win as they've done before. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's like there's Drew Brees and then there's like a considerable, considerable drop off mm-hmm. to to whoever his his backup has been uh you know I'm, I'm not talking about Taysom, just whoever else it was like chase daniels or something anyway um the point of all this was to to see to see how you guys were doing and how you spent your weekend so uh so so how was it 
Uh, it was a pretty good weekend. I uh, mostly just relaxed, uh, spent some time with some family, and which was very nice, and enjoyed, yeah, not too much action in the college football, a little bit of NFL on Sunday. It's been weird not having an LSU game for the past, will be going on three weeks now, so hopefully this game actually goes ahead and, and we get back in action. Uh, but other than that, not too too much. Yeah, you know, w- without having uh, LSU or, you know, a lot of different SEC games were canceled last week. So uh, it was a little bit of a light schedule for the football watchers. So me and Daniel spent a little quality time with the Call of Duty, the new game. So that was good. And, uh, you know, now we're but now I'm ready. I'm ready to watch LSU play. Like, I, it feels like almost feels like it's been a whole other offseason with all these bye weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Maybe maybe we can be maybe we can get a fresh start, kind of like going into a new season. Right, we're we're zero and zero, guys. Zero and zero. So the call, new Call of Duty, uh, it's that's Cold War, right? Yeah. So is it uh, is it like set in the eighties in different places? Is that mm-hmm. what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played the the campaign mode yet. I want to, but um, it's like it's like set, you know, in in the eighties, and like you're working with the CIA or something. So it's cool though. We played the, we played the multiplayer and it's pretty fun. Right on. Well, um, I say, I guess we could, uh, hop right into it since, you know, she didn't have a game this past week. I, again, I, I didn't have much of an opportunity to watch, watch games. There wasn't really much out there though, to be, to begin with. Uh, I mean, I know, two of LSU's future opponents played Arkansas and uh, Florida and it was okay for a little bit, but Florida just kind of ran away with it. They went like 65 to 30 something. So it was, it was a, it was a beat down. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I still wouldn't dismiss Arkansas cause they're still a pretty tough team, right? Like yeah. they, they look so they, they still look like they got, you know, there's like some solid foundation there. And um, like what they've done previously this season, I, I would not take them lightly at all. At least I wouldn't take them as lightly as I took Auburn a few weeks ago when they beat the heck out of LSU. So I, I don't know. Um, haven't really had a chance to look at Auburn, or uh, excuse me, I haven't had a chance to look at Arkansas too much, just other than the uh, you know some of the, the previous uh, like highlights and, and review of those games. But um, I don't know. Do you think? Like you said, Tommy, we've had a few weeks off here. Last time they came out of a bye, they looked great. So I don't know. I'm hoping with all this time off that they've had to – because they knew they weren't going to play Alabama. Maybe they just kind of switched Alabama game week and looked forward to Arkansas. I'm hoping. I don't know. That's that's what I would have done. So I don't know. Do you uh, – looking at the time off that LSU's had and you know, Arkansas just getting throttled on the road at Florida, do you uh, – do you kind of like our chances or do you think it's maybe a toss up? I, I mean, I, I kind of lean, I think that the, the big X factor for, for this game is the, uh, is the fact that we've had basically two, you know, two bye weeks in a row. Um, so that could, I think that throws some, some, you know, different spice into it, but my gut right now tells me this is a trap game for LSU. And I think, you know, I haven't looked at the number, but I, I think that uh, I think I'm on the I think I'm taking the hogs on this one because it's just it just feels like it feels like LSU has a lot to lose um, or has a lot more to lose than than they have to gain. Uh, you know what I mean? If they lose Arkansas, it's kind of like, well, 
Well, or actually, no, I guess Arkansas has a lot more to gain and that they're, I feel like they're playing for more. Arkansas is on a, is on an upward trend. Yeah. They did get blown out by Florida, but I think Florida is probably the class of the East. So I just would agree with that. Um, they'll be playing probably Alabama in the, in the, uh, SEC championship and they may end up, you know, win or lose in that game. They may end up with a, a spot in the playoff regardless. So I don't know if that one's really, you know, like I, again, it, it pains me to say it. I can't even, it's hard for me to even put these words on the podcast, but I don't think we're, it's really a competition for LSU versus Florida. I don't think that that's a, you know, comparable uh, thing. So when you take that out and you look at what they've done, you know, they beat, uh, they, they basically beat Auburn. Right. That was the game where Bo Nix lucked out of uh, with his fake spike or whatever it was. The back yeah, when, when he spiked it and it went backwards, but they said he threw it forwards and it was incomplete. And then they got the field fumble. goal. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, they, they basically, they, they, they didn't, they didn't lose to, uh, to Auburn by a hundred points like we did. Um, you know, they, they beat Mississippi state who we lost to. Uh, of course, Mississippi state's kind of been exposed a little bit, but still, um, they beat an Ole Miss team, which is again on a, on a uh, on a you know upward trajectory, I'd say as well. And uh, they lost to they lost to Texas A&M by eleven points, um, which is another game that I, you know I think we're all kind of a little bit afraid about. So I don't think this I think this Arkansas team is pretty good. Um, I don't you know I don't think they're necessarily they're not they're not world beaters, but neither are we. And <laughs> if we go, I think definitely if we go into this game thinking kind of like how we probably played most all Arkansas games in the past, what, eight years, you know, it's probably since Ryan Mallett played there. Um, if we go into this game thinking, oh, well, it's Arkansas. We win Arkansas. We just beat Arkansas. I mean, we're going to lose probably badly. Um, now, maybe, like I said, I think the X factor is this bye week or two bye weeks. Maybe, you know, everybody's gotten a fire lit under them. I saw a thing that said uh, Terrace Marshall was going to do like a team-only meeting today, players-only meeting. Uh-huh. Talk about – yeah, that's something That's something Scott Gerard called for on this podcast. <laughs> so I want some credit. I want Terrace to come out and say it. But um, regardless, you know, maybe they lit a fire. Maybe he's lit a fire under this team, and maybe we got – maybe we'll see a completely different team. But um, we're not going to see Miles Brennan on Saturday, right? And – it's just I don't know. I'm trying to read the tea leaves, and I'm I don't think it's going to be good for LSU, especially on the road. Yeah, if you had uh, in the past five years or so saying that LSU was going to lose to Arkansas would have been fairly laughable, considering they were just like about the cellar dwellers of the the West with maybe Vanderbilt in the East. And like Tommy had mentioned, Arkansas was a good team back in the early 2000s, but that's not really been their their identity. And then. So to, to have this conversation that LSU, the defending national champion, could go into uh, Arkansas and lose is kind of rough. But like you said, they're playing well um, for their program. Felipe Franks is doing pretty good, uh, filling in, transferred from Florida. People were thought he might get his revenge on his former team last week, and uh, that didn't really happen. I think Arkansas scored like 35 or something, so a, a decent amount. But then Kyle Trask uh, did what caused me to say – put him in the number one spot for the Heisman at this point, he threw for like 400 yards and six touchdowns or something like that. But going Without back to Kyle Pitts as well. Yeah. And, and going back to Arkansas. So yeah, they're, they're pretty good. They got um, a guy with a fun name, bumper pool uh, as their middle linebacker. Who's kind of 
been a pretty good run stuffer. And then uh, Traylon Burks is their kind of number one wide receiver. So it'll be interesting to see him match up against uh, Derek Singley or Eli Ricks, whoever they put him up against. Uh, but yeah, Felipe Franks gives them that dual threat capability, which I don't think LSU has really seen too much uh, so far this year. Most of the teams we've played have been more the the pocket passer variety. So uh, I guess the the extra weeks on the bye will give Bo Pelini some time to to teach the people about that, hopefully, and and shape us up. But going back to just the the win or loss situation, I think it'll be close. Um, I think maybe LSU will, will come out hungry just to, to prove that we're not complete garbage this year. And then so it'll be competitive and hopefully LSU will be able to, to pull it out in the end. Yeah, hopefully. And I'm not usually a, a big believer in like transitive properties and in sports, especially college football. But giving all the, uh, the examples you gave, Tommy, about, you know, what, what Arkansas has done this year, I, I kind of have to agree with you. Um, like they played Auburn close. Auburn lost on a fluke. Like we couldn't even we couldn't even keep up with Auburn. Uh, like they just ran all over us. And they and then Arkansas beat Mississippi State, who also ran all over us. Well, passed threw all over us. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they threw they, up they all, over all over us. Uh, yeah, and then just you know Arkansas looked good in in the other games too. So I I don't know. I actually have a, a really good friend of mine who uh who's an arkansas fan and uh i don't know those years ago i'd say probably back in 2000 i don't know maybe six or seven we started uh, you know because this was back when you know like you were saying when the arkansas and lsu they actually had a rivalry <laughs> i think the most people, when it was like darren mcfadden and felix jones yeah and they had some yeah, well, that, yeah that was like the heyday well they that was like the the rivalry was already good at that point and they just kind of added to it uh but it was you know before then there's like a lot of last second field goal here touchdown there just kind of very close games and it's kind of just fallen by the wayside especially since you know like you said lsu <laughs> lsu's kind of ascended and arkansas descended for the longest time i remember they had one coach for one year and then you know, everybody else it's been a turnstile uh, i think they like who they have now and he's he's kind of turned them around or it's just, you know, just an odd year, which which could also be the case. But, uh, like, this rivalry is just kind of gone by the wayside. I, I imagine there's still a trophy, and I agree. I, I think Arkansas has a lot to play for, and they would cherish that trophy. I don't even think LSU – like, the last – what was it, last year? Uh, I think they just left the field. No yeah, they didn't even take it off the field. <laughs> yeah. So, it just goes to show you. It's just – you know, rivalries are only good if – you know, like like if the games are good. Both teams don't necessarily have to be good, but the games have to be good. And the Both games teams have to be bought in. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the question that we won't know until really we get – and you, I think you'll probably be able to tell within the first series. Is, is LSU here to play or are, they, or are they not, you know? Well, with two weeks off, they should be. If they're not, then, you know, I, I – before I wouldn't have said Coach O's in the hot seat, but, ugh. Like, if you can't get your guys up for, uh, for Arkansas, then – you know, it's, you know, I'd say maybe you've lost them. I don't know, but mm-hmm. yeah, like they, they've, they've had plenty of time to come up with a game plan, uh, you know, cause they what script like the first 15 or whatever plays we've got to see something. Cause whatever they did the last game against Auburn just did not work. So it makes me wonder, and you know, like they, TJ had only started that one game before that. He looked great. Yeah. They just, they shut it down. So the LSU has got to come with something. I, I don't know if they named 
Well, I guess TJ Finley, was he like, cause he said that was, let me start over. Yeah. They're, they're going with TJ. I'm pretty sure for the quarterback. Um, one thing I was going to mention is the, the availability of the rest of our players, as far as COVID stuff. Um, and then coach O said today that he expects to have most of our guys back tomorrow or the next day, meaning Tuesday or Wednesday. So I think it should be pretty much back to the full roster, but I think that is still a little bit up in the air, but we look to, to be fairly fleshed out on the sidelines. I would hope. Yeah. I was just wondering if, if Max was going to be available because I I'd really love to see more of that guy, you know, because mm-hmm. if, if TJ's kind of struggling a little bit, cause this is going to be on the road. Auburn was on the road. It was, you know, they had some fans there. It's, it was a different environment. First, road game for him uh you know i again i I could say some of the 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 turnovers in that game could have been anybody uh not necessarily not necessarily specific to tj but you know it's another road sec game against a uh you know surprising arkansas team so i i hope they have something with you know i hope they can use max and they have something planned out that maybe we haven't seen yet because they they've got to mix it up this this team's got to get fired up maybe it comes in the form of a you know a trey palmer kick return to get it going, but they're going to need something. I don't know. Um, Cause at this point, yeah. I mean, we, we all know we're not playing for a playoff. I think we're playing maybe for a bowl game if, if we're lucky. Uh, but at, at the very base level, our baseline is pride, right? I think, yeah, I think people, I think right now, you know, at this point also like, we're not playing for a New Year's Six Bowl. We're not playing for a you know a really good bowl. We gotta we gotta start playing because we're LSU football. We gotta start. People are playing for their jobs, and I don't mean like coaches. I mean there are coaches coaching for their jobs, but there are players playing for their jobs. You know, they might be saying, uh, you know, they might be a sophomore or junior with a freshman right behind them. You know, like this is something where, especially if you're looking at a class that's coming in next year, and I. I uh, you know, everybody's speculating, are we going to get Mason Smith? Are we going to get Corey Foreman? A lot of these guys might be looking and saying, you know, Oh, well this, this, this defensive lineman, he's not even, he's not even playing with, with, he's got no pride. He's got no interest in playing. So I, I'm going to go there. I'm going to start day one as a true freshman. So I think there's, I think there is a lot of, there needs to be a sense of urgency. And if there isn't there, that's a problem. Yeah. And then one potential negative uh, note is that the, program itself has kind of been mired in controversy I guess the past like two weeks or whatever including some stuff we may talk about here in a minute but uh whether that's been some distractions inside the locker room like you were saying with the uh the Terrace Marshall players only meeting yeah uh just needing to to get right with the the Coy Moore stuff and then the the Title IX USA Today report that came out today plus all the COVID uh situations so whether people's heads are going to be in the game 100 percent or not I guess is to be determined yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of negative negativity coming from the LSU program right now. Some, you know, some warranted, some unwarranted, some, uh, you know, makes sense. Some and and some you just can't really control. But uh, I hope that I hope that Coach O can wrangle everybody together and you know try to salvage what we have left of the season in some ways, I don't really know what can't, you know, what, what is it, what is a good, um, uh, what's a good goal to have, you know, I don't know what that is, but hopefully they can set some sort of goal and and salvage what we have left. 
Yeah. I, I guess, mean, they, you know, right now the only goal should be being Arkansas, I guess. You know what I mean? Like that should be the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'd say just staying in every game. Like they're. Yeah. Like not was, actually. No, you're right. The, the goal shouldn't even be to beat Arkansas. The goal should be to be competitive because if we come out there like we did against Arkansas, I mean, against Auburn, you know, like that, that is unacceptable at any level, regardless of who's starting at quarterback or where, you know what I mean? That, that kind of play, I think it's just unacceptable. No, I agree. Um, like you just, the, the game against Auburn, it was just, I get it. If every once in a while, something like that happens, it's, you know, we've, we've been on the other end of that, but there's a difference between just, you know, it's being someone's day and just looking at your team and saying, there's just there's something missing they're not they're not playing as they should as they're capable of which goes back to probably the coaching but you know maybe the players themselves are i don't know they're just not buying in but um it just it can't be that lopsided so Mm -hmm. many times in one season you know it's like we've had three or four losses uh you know in the last 10 years but most of them it's like they they played but we just we didn't have it you know we could say oh we uh we're missing Devin white or we we didn't have a quarterback for almost a decade, you know? Yeah. Uh, or at least, at least a quarterback that you could say could take you to the next level. Um, nothing against Danny Etling because he was great, but I'm just saying it's like he can only do so much. Uh, and then, you know, it's like just they, you just don't see that those blowouts that much. Maybe one game here and there, but you think it would be Alabama, not, not Auburn, who was what, three and two at the time? Just – you know, just nothing that you would. When's the last time we got blown out by a team that wasn't Alabama? Because we got we got blown out in 2018, right? At home against Alabama, was that would you call that a blowout? It was like 29 to zero. So yeah. yeah, I mean, when's the last time we got blown out by a team not Alabama? There was Mississippi State a few years ago with Dak um, Prescott. Yeah, but we. I don't know we, if that was a blowout, was it? Well, they they got up ahead. We started to come back. Uh, but we only lost by 10, but yeah, we were down by like 28 or something at, at one point. Um, there was a Auburn, Auburn game a few years ago where they, the score was similar to this year. Mm-hmm. Same with Florida. I'd say probably Florida was our last blowout. Um, yeah. Other than that, no, I mean, definitely not non-conference. Yeah. You know, uh, but anyway, it's, I just, wasn't it Wisconsin that thrashed us in the the opening game of that one year in two, like 2012 or 2013? I thought we, I thought we beat them. No. Oh, we got beat by Wisconsin. Oh, we did? I think it was bad, too. Um, no. Wasn't that like Leonard's debut? No, that was uh, that was like 16-14. Remember, like, they, that was up in Lambeau Field. Oh, uh, yeah, Actually, yeah, it was. Six, okay, okay, right. Maybe I'm, I'm imagining something else. But, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I don't think LSU's been blown out by a non-conference, at least not not this millennia, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, it is, I, don't, I think we'd all be okay if LSU lost with dignity, you know, like by a last-second field goal or just one touchdown or something. Yeah. But, like, if, if they go up to Fayetteville and look as bad as they did against Auburn – I don't know. I, I'd say, you know, the, I'd say, a, a, I'd say Ed Orgeron's probably lost the team and he might be close to losing his job, but I don't know. Well, you know, and something we talked about on this, on this podcast and, and uh, a lot of speculation has been, okay, our, our athletic programs 
willing to get rid of coaches this year. Um, you know, that with the whole budget cuts across the board, pretty much a lot of coaches taking pay cuts, a lot of programs in, you know, economic despair. Well, South Carolina, you know, made the, uh, they made the bold step to go ahead and fire Will Muschamp mid season. Yeah. And eat the $16 million buyout. And yeah. And eat the buyout. So, you know, and I, and I mean, I'm not saying that like anybody here that LSU coaches are going to get fired. I guess a, a lot of people think that Pelini's going to get fired. I, I'm not after kind of, after talking to a few people, I'm not so sure that he will, but um, I would say that, you know, whereas, whereas at the beginning of the season, a lot of sports, sports analysts, you know, talk show hosts were saying, Hey, coaches are pretty much safe this year just because of the, of the, you know, COVID budget stuff. Well, hey, nobody's safe right now, I guess. Yes, yeah, in the SEC, right? Uh, yeah, and it's funny. Like uh, I know LSU made an announcement about a bunch of positions being cut or uh, salaries being cut a little bit. Also, there was one team uh, I, I forgot who it was. Like the coaches said, because they, I guess they had the same um, limitations put on them. Like they, they were facing a. a you know, salary reductions. And they said, no, we're not going for that. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not accepting that. You know, what, what if that happened? If LSU said, all right, we're cutting your salary. And the, the coaches said, uh-uh, I'm not sticking around for that. That's, that's what a contract is. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm, you know, maybe this is like force majeure. This is like an act of God type of thing where that, that language in the contract allows them to circumvent what they agreed upon because, you know, hey, we got to cut costs here. We're not, we're not getting any money. We're not making all these millions of dollars from the the football game. So that's what was paying your salary to begin with. Um, well, you know, where do you go from there? That's like a. But I, I mean, if 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 someone wanted to leave because of that, you know, you're probably going to face a similar situation elsewhere. Uh, but it, yeah, it's crazy that they're you know they're firing Will, Will Muschamp. Uh, who you know had some they had some promise. Uh, they looked good actually at the beginning of this season. Then LSU beat them pretty bad, and then they you know they lost the game after that really bad. So that, uh, I guess they're trending downward. And I, I don't know, just South Carolina. I, I'm surprised that they would forego that 16 million though, because it it doesn't seem to me like the typical you know one of those money programs that you might hear about, like A and M or Texas or even Alabama, where they just have deep deep pockets and yeah. they can just. Uh, you know, afford to shoulder 16 million, but South Carolina, I don't know. I, maybe they do. Um, do you guys see any of the other games this weekend? There wasn't too much, but you know, there were some competitive games. Like I thought Miami was about to get upset by Virginia tech uh, until they came back and won that one. Um, yeah. I watched some of the, the Florida Arkansas game. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Trash just kind of did what he wanted with them. I watched a little bit of Texas tech versus Baylor. Um, uh, Dave Aranda moved to one and five as the head coach of Baylor. So not too great for him. Although it looks like the situation he left at LSU wasn't much better. Um, maybe we could get him back. Well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it would have been better with him here. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, they lost on the last second field goal to Texas tech, but there wasn't really too many kind of marquee games, I guess for this upcoming week. Um, the big ones are Ohio state versus Indiana. It's actually a top 10 matchup. The Hoosiers looking pretty good. I think they're 4-0 for the first time since, like, the 80s. Uh, but So this could be 
um, Ohio State's biggest challenge, apart from maybe Wisconsin a little bit later, because Michigan uh, lost yet again. Things not looking too good for John Harbaugh. Jim. That was that was or not Jim, Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Excuse, excuse me. Yeah, that was a that was a just a beatdown. That was a thorough domination. Forty nine to eleven, Wisconsin beat them at home. That was their worst loss since like the Roaring Twenties. I think. <laughs> Which is horrible. Uh, so Tommy might get his wish and not not see Jim Harbaugh anymore. At least not you know in Michigan. I mean he'll land somewhere, but I don't know. Everybody says everybody says that that Harbaugh is almost untouchable at Michigan. That they just like believe it's not him. They think it's you know anything else. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, but I mean, look, look. After all they've gone through all these years, because ever since. You know, they, they kind of forced out Lloyd Carr because he'd been there for a while and just kind of got stale. But they went through coach after coach, uh, Rich Rodriguez, Brady Hoke, now Harbaugh. I think there was someone even in before that, but that didn't work out. But it's just like a, they thought Harbaugh would take him to the next level. He did not. He made it interesting for at least the first few years. But, uh, I mean, he's, what, oh and whatever against uh, top ten opponents, all of his rivals. So it, I don't I don't know why they would hold on. Plus, they're dumping seven million a year into him, like into his bank account. Was so. was was Michigan ever like good with him? Like, were they even like decent? I yeah, think they had a, made like the Citrus Bowl one time or something like that. Oh, but, that, was that when they was that when Jadavion Clowney like uh, wrecked that yeah, guy? I think so. Yeah, they were like ten and two his first year or two. The thing is, they can't beat Ohio State. They never and beat that's him the, only the coach. And I think last time they beat Ohio State was 2013 or something like that. And so, I mean, that's kind of like LSU versus Alabama for a while. Like, but you can do so however you want the rest of the season. But if you can't win that one game, then it's all kind of for naught. I wonder who was his quarterback like when he first got there. Um, I think was it. Uh, who was that guy? He started out as quarterback, but then he was actually like a Heisman hopeful at one point. Uh, Talking Denard Robinson? Yeah, Shoelace. Denard Robinson, yeah. Denard Robinson. Then they had somebody come in after him, Tate Forcier. And then, and then after that, it was, uh, you know, it's just they, they've been cycling. And they around. had Shea Patterson for a yeah. while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, nothing is, has worked out. Uh I don't know. I, I also don't feel like anyone has ever, I don't know, like Ohio State is the Alabama of the Big Ten, you know? It's just, it, but it's been that way for longer than Alabama's been who they are in the SEC. You know, Ohio State's been that way for long before even the BCS. So uh, it's just a, it's a staple, you know? It's, it's, that, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the playoff, the first, official CFP rankings come out next Tuesday. We might have another pot in the books before then, but I'm kind of looking forward to that to see how the committee assesses how the season's gone so far. I think the, um, the clear top four is Bama, Ohio state, Notre Dame and Clemson at this point. So if all of them take care of business, you should probably see them in the first playoff ranking, but it'll be kind of cool to see how they, they position them up and down. Uh, Cause like Bama beat Georgia, but then Georgia maybe not as good as they looked like Notre Dame got the signature win against Clemson and Ohio state will have probably had the, the Indiana win in the bag at this point. But um, I wonder how they're going to, to rank that up. And then, cause they only have, I think five total weeks of rankings this year, which is a little bit unfortunate, uh, but we can see how that committee is headed up. 
I'm not sure if the Oregon guy is still in charge of this or not. Um, cause the Oregon athletic, that either, that was a big thing. The Oregon athletic director was, yeah, the, the like the head of the, the playoff committee. And so people were thinking that they're going to sneak Oregon in there. Uh, so Oregon's actually looked pretty good this year in limited competition, but um, we'll find out. Yeah. Well, by the way, the, uh, the, the team that where the, uh, the athletic department wanted to make cuts was Tennessee, but there are eight football coaches that refused their pay cuts that were put forward by the athletic department who was actually headed up by one of their previous coaches, Philip Fulmer. Uh, I mean, there are some coaches that did accept it, notably T Martin, who, uh, who actually used to be a quarterback there. Um, and uh, he's actually their wide receiver and running back wide receiver coach now. Um, but like they, these, co- I don't know. I think there were totals like 300,000, with all these coaches combined. Um, but they were trying to save, you know, millions, obviously. Uh, but they, they said they were going to reject these cuts. So I, <laughs> I don't know. Is that, can you, I don't know how you do that. Like if your boss says, Hey, we got to cut corners. I'm cutting your pay. And you say, no, not mine. <laughs> I guess at that point, their choice is either to just like go with it or fire you. And if they don't want to fire you and get a replacement, then right. Keep you. Well, I, I a, think you gotta think that's a weird thing. Yeah. It's just be like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's a precarious position because again, I think they are under contract. So I think they're asking them, Hey, yeah. can you please take a pay cut? And they said, no, I'm under contract. Sorry. Not but the sorry. thing is, is that like when, Hey, when, when, the, okay, well, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. When you're, when your contract comes up, maybe don't expect to get renewed. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're making notes, obviously. That'll come up in their quarterly review. <laughs> uh, but I mean, all this came about because the, the Tennessee athletics is anticipating like a $40 million loss this year, you know, just with all this lost revenue. Uh, so I, I don't blame them for trying to cut corners, but you know, it's, it's not the coach's fault. Um, I don't know. That's just a weird position. Uh, luckily, I mean, I haven't heard anything about that at LSU because Obviously, they wanted to instill some pay cuts, but I haven't heard about any blowback as of yet. Um, but LSU has its enough to worry about with its uh, coaches and athletic departments and, and how it handles things because, um, as we kind of touched on earlier, LSU has some, uh, some misconduct by its previous athletes that's kind of come to light via a USA Today report um, talking about how the school administrators and some athletic department officials supposedly, you know, ignored complaints, uh, mostly dealing with sexual misconduct about students and actually some student athletes. Many were on the, the football team. And so they said like at least nine LSU players were reported to police for sexual misconduct. And I guess something else they're calling dating violence um and all of this was actually since ed orgeron became the head coach in 2016 now i i know o was asked about this previously and i don't know he he specifically darius geis was mentioned and i know with darius geis he said he passed information along I, you know, i, I want to believe him because i feel like coach o has been pretty much a straight shooter with us but i mean I don't know. I don't know how much he's gone beyond that. You know, it's like if 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 you hurt your 
when you start running back had that happen like you can pass the information on yeah that's just like chain of command type of thing but like did he pull Darius guys aside and like talk to him and like you know it's like how much how much beyond that did he go if anything and not only that but it kind of it, it kind of looks like it's this looks kind of bad relish you in my view just because it's you know it's right on the heels of this this whole me me too movement and you know people just wanting to believe women basically but it's it's really bad because the numbers like nine lsu players since 2016 have been reported for these things now some of them you know it's i don't know it's they it could run its course and it could be maybe not as bad but uh, i don't know it's i don't know what what, what do you guys uh, daniel i'll start with you like is it um i don't know is it, it seems like it's really concerning that that happens i imagine it happens everywhere but you know, just the fact that it's just coming up out of the blue all of a sudden for LSU in this already kind of off-skewed season that they're having. So it's just kind of like gas on the fire at this point. But um, I don't know. Is it uh, does it kind of make you concerned about the you know just the whole program itself, or do you think it's just uh, yeah maybe some some indiscretions, some misunderstandings, you know, or maybe just a few bad apples? Yeah, it's obviously really tough to read and hear about concerning any sort of group that you care about. You don't want to be associated with that. And you obviously don't want it to happen to anybody because it's a terrible thing, um, if indeed all the, the allegations are true. And the the report kind of primarily centered around two players, Darius Geis, uh, like you said, and then former wide receiver Drake Davis, who I believe was dismissed at some point during his his career at LSU for the, the allegations. And so most of that stuff was already pretty well known. It kind of just expanded on uh, that in a more kind of detailed way with the accusers and some more details and stuff. And then it mentioned, I think you said like the other seven players in that span, including some pretty high profile players, Grant Delpit and uh, Jacob Phillips being the, the most notable of them. And those guys, not, they said they kind of handled all that internally. They didn't give much specifics. Uh, but yeah, those are two players who were key on our national championship team last year. And it didn't really seem like anything was afoot, but so obviously that was being dealt with in somehow uh, and they, they kept on playing. They weren't held out as far as I'm aware, but yeah, it, it's kind of rough because if you, this comes out like one person, you're like, okay, they're just a, a bad egg in the, in the bunch, but then it keeps happening. You're like, something is kind of seriously wrong here with the, the program to, for this just to kind of keep happening and keep letting it go on. So I think LSU said that they're going to, they hired a third party like legal agency to conduct a full review of their like title nine sexual assault policies and reporting and all that. And they expect the investigation to conclude in the spring. Some people are saying that LSU is intentionally kind of drawing out the process and kind of covering it up just to, to kind of not really, have this blow up in their, their face. But I think that's to be determined. That's for people who understand the situation better than me to discuss, I think, but overall, yeah, it's pretty depressing. We, we knew most of this stuff was kind of going on a little bit, but to have it just kind of keep popping up is, is a black eye in the face of LSU athletics. I would say. I don't, I don't really see what, so what's different from this and the, uh, and the, uh, between this one, like this report and the one like what two months ago by the USA Today, um, I think the the primarily 
Just, quote unquote bad thing about this one is it kind of gave some more details on LSU's coaching kind of playing it down and kind of hiding a little bit some of the allegations and saying like oh nothing really happened or, or we don't know anything about that when in fact they, they did know about that and kind of kept it swept under the rug uh, the thing is it's a really long article like yeah multiple thousands of words I haven't read the entire thing but that's kind of the gist that I'm getting hmm. yeah well but then we actually kind of also learned about uh, you know, what kind of, what happened to Peter Parrish? Cause he yeah. was used of, uh, yeah, of I forgot, rape, to, forgot to mention him of raping a woman and like, like LSU suspended him for a year. And I'm guessing that's why he left, which, uh, you know, I guess, you know, if that's, if that's true, good, good on them. Good riddance. Hope he can get him, you know, get stuff back on track for himself elsewhere. He's but, in yeah. Memphis, right? Yeah. He's yeah. in Memphis right now. Um, the, uh, I mean, I, I think that like well, he, LSU instantly, you know, dismissing him. I felt like that was pretty. That was pretty. You know, I remember it was just one day they were like, Peter Parrish is no longer a member of this team. Right. Right. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't know if they're required to say this or not. They didn't really say why or like for any duration or or that type of thing. It's just kind of, and I don't even know if they said they suspended him. I think he was just like he was just gone. Well, no, I know that, but but I'm saying like that shows that they that shows that they that they acted right yeah that kind yeah. of like, yeah it does i mean it, it depends if they I, like i don't know if it's up to them to like you know pass it on to law enforcement or not but i mean there's also i think they have to consider privacy interests you know they all violation of team rules like you know assaulting someone is probably in their team rules they just don't ever specify because of privacy interest either the player or maybe the person that was allegedly assaulted. So I think maybe that's why we didn't hear more about it. You know? No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that, is that I feel like that's a, that's a, you know, something you could take from the whole situation saying, well, maybe, maybe, you know, the program is trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, well, there was a problem. Like we, we know for a fact that Peter Parrish was on the team at one point. Then we know that, he was dismissed for violating team rules. And I remember we talked about it and we said, we don't know what, you know, Oh, I wonder what that is. Now it's come out what it was. And it was pretty, pretty quick. You know, it was like a pretty quick reaction. Okay. You're gone. So, you know, I don't know if the, if, you know, you throw in, when you throw in all these cases together into one uh, news article, it seems a lot more, um, it, it might be a lot more damning than it actually is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause every case is going to be different. All this, every circumstance is going to be different, but right. the, but I feel like that the action on Peter Parrish maybe shows a little bit different. You know, it's like, what do well, I wonder? I want like, what was his, what made his case so more, so much more different to get rid of him so quickly? Yeah. Unless it's like to the point where, unless you kind of knew this was coming a little bit, so they maybe needed to make an example of them or or saying like, all right, we got to look like we're getting these people out of here instead of just kind of letting it, letting it slide. I have no idea. I'm not in the LSU football program. (laughs) Well, that's a possibility, but. um, Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's another side to that though. And I think this is where the, this, this whole article came about uh, because it's, I think it's all related to title nine, and what their policies say, because apparently, you know, if something comes up and you know the people know about it, they have to notify the Title IX. I guess there's a coordinator on campus, like they have to notify that person. And with a lot of these incidents, they didn't. 
I mean, they said, oh, we heard about it. You know, we heard about this abuse later. Um, but apparently, you know, there are some instances where they felt like they were told way sooner, but no one reported it. And so I think that's where some of these issues are coming up. Like, yeah, it's, it's good that LSU uh, spearheaded some of it, but um, like with Drake Davis, they had to. He was arrested. <laughs> you know, there's that, that that's already out there in the, in the public information. So I, I think some of these cases are more cut and dry. Others, they're, you know, it's like, is it a he said, she said thing? But I, I don't know. I feel like now they have to kind of err on the side of covering their butts, so to speak. Like you said, you got to, you got to kind of take, take, you have to try and punish yourself before things come to light. Right. Yeah. I don't know if we can, uh, and LSU has put out some official statements. Uh, Tom Galligan, the interim president sent out an email today, this afternoon to every LSU student. I I got it. Kind of saying that like this report came out. We, care about all these players and allegations, take them very seriously. Um, and that's when he said that they're doing the investigation that I mentioned earlier. And he said, like, if you, if anything like this has happened to you, please report it, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Um, so obviously it kind of struck some sort of chord to where they had to say something because like in kind of a past few articles, they didn't really say anything kind of on as much of a wide scale. Not on an institutional this. level. Yeah. I, think. I know that the, pro- the program and the athletic department did, but. Yeah, so I guess we'll see if this really causes any significant change or if it's more than just a stepping stone and kind of an ongoing series of events. But it is uh, unfortunate to see, I think, hard to argue that or against that. So so what's you guys' gut feeling on this? Because to me, it seems like it, you know, this could happen anywhere and it has in many institutions across the country. But I guess I'm just worried that it's I, I just hope it's not as bad as like what happened at michigan state or, or baylor or barry baylor exactly well in the, in the article itself there's some woman who's like a professor i can't remember some university but who deals in this type of situation she's like what's going on else she reminds me a lot of what happened at baylor and michigan state like she, she specifically mentioned that and i don't know if she, she really has all the evidence to make that claim but i uh, don't want to go down that road and Obviously, those programs maybe have turned things around, but not exactly, I would say, and don't really want to have that associated with you. Right, because uh, that's just a really, really ugly mark. And plus, you know, it's uh, I, I, you know, on, on its base level, it's like this is the, the institution, how they handle this is going forward, not just for athletes, but, you know, just regular students, like, I think some people would look at that and say, you know, this, this school is not trying to keep students safe if they are just sweeping stuff under the rug, if that's what's happening. You know, that's, that's, that doesn't affect just athletic department or dollars. That's like, you know, some, some top talent students that might want to come there that might think otherwise because, you know, she just doesn't punish people because oh, they don't punish, punish athletes anyway. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Just uh, it's, it's another black eye of 2020, I guess. Um, but <laughs> um, moving forward, uh, I know we can probably talk about something positive before this podcast is over. Um, do we? Have, do we have anything? Oh, I mean, they did announce the schedule for the the uh, the upcoming basketball tournament that LSU is going to start their season with. Daniel, did you say you had uh, you had that schedule of? 
of who LSU is going to play. I know you said they play, I think they play San Francisco. There's going to be Western Kentucky and St. Louis. Yeah, it's, uh, so they're playing in this Golden Window Tournament in Lincoln, Nebraska. I believe it's a seven-team tournament, yes. Um, and so they're playing, like you said, San Francisco uh, next Wednesday, November 25th, uh, Western Kentucky on the 26th, Thanksgiving Day, and then St. Louis on the Friday – or no, on Saturday on the 28th. So it's not really um, – I'm not exactly sure what the schedule of the tournament goes. Like if there's games after that, like if they win or lose, but I think that's just going to be it. So there's three games, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday uh, against probably not the best competition. So hopefully LSU can rip off three straight wins to start the season, especially since hopes for this uh, year are pretty high. I'm so excited to see the, uh, the Tigers get back on the, the court in Nebraska. <laughs> yep. I might have to take a trip up to Cornhuskerville. Yeah, I don't know if I can tell you any information on whether those games are going to be broadcast or not. I, I don't know if... Probably on like ESPN 80. Yeah, the, me, the media is probably not getting too hyped for LSU versus San Francisco. Uh, but at least we can find, find the scores and talk about that uh, whenever they do play. Yep. Yeah, I mean, best believe, if there yeah. are tigs, we'll be talking. <laughs> yeah, and no, I think uh, we're all kind of interested to see, you know, how, how well Wade and the team kind of come out of a just the the shadow of you know will wade's potential indiscretions but also just you know last year because the season kind of ended abruptly guys left some guys were going to leave they ended up coming back um so yeah i'm just kind of interested to see what this team's going to look like because they did really well recruiting you know i think they had a top five class uh this past go around so uh i'm hoping will wade can kind of take lsu from this team that's kind of budding to be uh, next level and take him to the next level. Uh, I mean, he's, he's definitely shown promise, you know, beating Kentucky at Rupp arena uh, comes to mind for sure. But uh, I think, um, you know, if there's no, you know, if there's no sanctions that come down, um, I, I don't know. I, I think it'd be interesting to see if, if Will Wade can actually take LSU basketball to a different level. You know, I, they've they've played in the Final Four before, so I know they can do it again. Um, I don't know. LSU, LSU's never had a basketball title, have they? I know they've had football. They've had baseball. They've had – Didn't they win a women's one? Yeah, they have women's national championship, but no no men's titles. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's – Actually, I'm not even sure the women have won. I know they made multiple Final Fours. Yeah. I don't know. But, oh, yeah, and then speaking of the Final Four, uh, they just announced today that they're going to host the entire 68-team March Madness tournament in Indianapolis, and so they're not having it spread out across the country with the regionals and all that stuff like they normally do. So that's kind of interesting. They hadn't said what, Yeah, they hadn't really said whether it's going to be a bubble specifically. <laughs> also, that they said kind of interestingly that they're going to be hosting it around the metropolitan area. So they might be playing at all sorts of – they might be playing at some high school gyms and stuff in Indianapolis <laughs> instead of just like the, uh, the big stadium. Uh, I guess that's what you have to do if you have 67 games uh, to, to play. Uh, but that'll be kind of cool. That'd be cool for the people of, of Indianapolis. Just be able to like go to because I'm sure like you'll be able to get like tickets to like some of the lower lower games. Maybe unless they say no fans allowed or whatever to protect the integrity of their bubble. Uh, yeah. 
Um, I don't know. That that would be. Well, I mean, they did it with the NBA. Like they just they they didn't have fans at all. Uh, but I mean, that's part of March Madness, you know. Just having the fans there, reacting, all those arms go up when someone hits a buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna be weird if someone sinks a buzzer beater and it's just. just all right. Like, Good job. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but I, I don't know. It's uh, it was weird. I, I don't know if you guys were you able to watch the Masters. They were they were talking a little bit about that. How like some of these guys kind of thrive off of the crowd. Rory McIlroy being one of them. It's like. Mm-hmm. You know, just the, the crowd, even though they're quiet most of the time, it's like when you do hit that shot, they erupt so loud. So it's like they can feed off of that. I know Tiger does, too. Yeah, Tiger uh, does. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I don't know. Do you guys uh, check out the Masters? I didn't even end up watching to see who won. But um, Yeah, we watched it. Um, watched a lot more on, on like – for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I, I was at a, an event on Sunday, so I didn't get to watch the, the final round. Yeah, I watched it too. Just, Dustin Johnson was the eventual winner. He actually had the lowest score ever at the Masters at minus twenty. He um he put on a show. He was just making birdie after birdie, uh, but it, it was a pretty good tournament. Tiger Woods played pretty well. Wish he could have kind of made it a little bit closer. He had one hole in the last round, like a a 10 on a par three that kind of sunk him where he hit it in the water three times in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, he played pretty well. And, uh, but yeah, the tournament I think overall went well for their kind of November situation. Obviously you didn't have the azaleas and that type of thing, but. Well, no, uh, you kind of did actually the azalea. I was in, I was in Georgia. Um, I was in Georgia two weeks ago in Columbus and I, and they were like at the at Callaway gardens and they were like, yeah, the, uh, the azaleas are blooming right now. We don't know why. Like it was a week before the Masters. <laughs> they, so, heard, they heard the tournament was coming. That's what I said. I was like, oh, I guess they know the Masters is coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, Callaway Gardens is a awesome place to go. I should check it out if you're ever in Georgia. So did you did you guys see? It was in the practice round, but this guy hit a hole in one. He but, skipped but he, it. Exactly. Yeah, I did see that. Like, yeah. what are the odds? There's no way he someone could do that twice in a row. There's just yeah. no way. No way. But like I've been, I've been, I've been to the to the practice round, um, the Thursday practice. I went, I went Wednesday and not, the, I went Wednesday practice round and then Thursday, and um, like they always, they, everybody always skips it on Wednesday. It's kind of just the fun thing to do. But oh, that was like added little land yap to to put it in. Right. Well, um, I think that might just about do it for us today, unless there's some. Some other horrible news that's just come out in the last 10 minutes or so out of Tigerland. But no, I mean, uh, I think we're good to go. Um, unless you guys had something else you wanted to wanted to toss out there before we head out. I don't think so. Hopefully LSU actually ends up playing this week so we can break down a game for the first time in a little while for all the faithful listeners. And I'll be excited to watch that. Right on. Yep. Everybody have a good week. Amen. Have a good week. Um, I know I'm, I'm already looking forward to uh, to Thanksgiving. Although I now that I think about it, I mean, no, it'll be good because uh, usually pro football always delivers. Uh, I mean, I I don't know why they always have the Cowboys and the Lions play that day. Um, neither are probably going to put up a good a good show this this time around. But at least there'll be we can count on some pro football happening. Um, I don't know because I think LSU's scheduled to play that scheduled to play texas a&m mm-hmm. that's right, saturday yeah. 
Yeah, that Saturday. Well, hopefully that still goes on. Uh, I was actually going to go to Louisiana for Thanksgiving, but I, I think we're going to back off of that for right now. I might go early next year instead, but I was looking forward to that too. Uh, family usually does a fried turkey, which is so delicious. We did a turduck in one year too. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, God, I miss that stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, um, you know, well, we'll I, I'll figure it out. I'll let you guys know too. Might, might, might be able to stop by in Baton Rouge for, for lunch or something. No, if you, yeah, if you, if you come by, definitely come over. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, right on. But, um, yep, uh, we'll head out for now, folks, but uh, we will keep you abreast of anything that comes to light between now and next week, including anything related to uh, LSU's next upcoming – well, well, we'll talk about the Arkansas game, obviously. Uh, but we'll talk about anything else in between. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned. We'll talk to you next time on Talking Tuesday.